it's time to take the quiz. Five questions, five minutes a day, five days a week. Take the quiz every weekday at thequiz.fox and then listen to the quiz podcast to find out how you did. Play, share, and of course, listen to the quiz at thequiz.fox. Live from everywhere USA, it's Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. Oh, yes, it is. We are coming to you live from the greatest country in the world, broadcasting from the tippy top of the world famous Fox News headquarters in New York City. It is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon, fired up on a Friday to bring you a much needed episode of Top Shelf Radio in a bottom feeding political world. It's going to be a real sloppy one out there in America today, but we'll try to clean it up with help from Oklahoma Senator Mark Wayne Mullen. We're also going to talk to Kevin Walling, who worked on the Biden campaign, which means he could be stopping by to drop off some classified information for us. Come on, man. I'm being silly. And of course, Lincoln Fela, my demon spawn, will be closing out the show today with some NFL gambling tips uh, because we do, of course, have a championship weekend going down this Sunday. Uh, 888-788-9910, the phone number, if you want to be a part of this thing. If it's going on out there in America, we're certainly going to be talking about it here. We do not care what your point of view happens to be on this show. It is an all-skate. Do you remember when you go to the roller rink back in the day? They used to have all-skates. First, they would do just like just the boys, all right, just the girls, just the couples, just the kids, all right. And now it's an all-skate. Everybody can skate at the same time. Okay, Fox Across America is a radio all-skate. There's not even time for the individual skates anymore. You know what I mean? Back in the day, just the boys, just the girls. Now it would be like, all right, just the boys, just the girls, just the boys who think they're girls, the girls who think they're boys, the cisgender, heteronormative, what the I don't know. It's a lot, uh, and I certainly wish uh, people who identify in these alternative classes no ill will. I'm just saying in the name of time and efficiency, we've decided it would be a lot easier if we just made today and every day an all-skate. He's a lousy dad, but he's right. I'm telling you. So 888-788-9910, the phone number if you want to weigh in, whatever you'd like to weigh in as you can do it as a Republican, a Democrat, a Libertarian, an Independent. We don't care. Just don't be a That is all. We begin with a quick shout-out. It's Friday. I'm in a good mood because of Rowdy Yates. Rowdy Yates is a syndicated radio star down in Texas. And Rowdy sent me some fine, fine custom cowboy boots that I very well may wear on this Monday's episode of Greg Gutfeld. I'll be on Gutfeld with our lovable comedy dwarf this Monday night at 11 p.m. So a shout-out to Rowdy. Uh, And obviously a shout out to Greg for having excellent taste in guests. And I do hope that TV appearance goes down because sadly, uh, if you were looking to watch me on Failavision tonight, you know, I told you, you were were getting off the air yesterday. I said, you know, Friday night, I'll be on Hannity. I'll be on the bottom line and (laughs) crowd went crazy. But unfortunately, none of that is going to go down tonight uh, because at 7 p.m., Uh, We have the Memphis Police Department releasing video of a very controversial police killing, one in which five men have been formally charged. Five officers have been formally charged in the killing of a man. So for that reason, you will not see me anywhere near a TV tonight. They're going to be covering what we hope will not be rioting. Uh, We know down in Georgia, Governor Kemp has also called in the National Guard in reaction to 
what they expect to be uh, a very difficult body cam footage. Uh, and, of course, they had down in Atlanta last week some Antifa lunatics trying to trash stores and get nuts and fight the cops and burn police cars. And, of course, we were told at the time by a CNN analyst that this should not be considered violence. People aren't buying it, CNN, you dumb bastards. Well, people aren't buying anything when the stores get looted, and it does such great damage to the communities. So we begin the show today on a little bit of a, a serious note, man. Uh, I've said this before because this show launched within weeks of all of that George Floyd rioting back in 2020. Okay, if we watch this body cam footage tonight as a nation, the things we need to understand is, number one, okay, the police involved, all five of them are black. Number two, they've all been charged. So the end result of watching this hideous video, and we're being told that it's a bad one uh, by police sources themselves, but the end result of this should not be to rebel against the system and try to trash cities and towns because in this instance, the system is functioning properly. If people committed an egregious crime, they have been charged for it. So there's no world where we can get on board with destroying our communities because I'm going to tell you something that none of the white people that try to weaponize this for profit ever do. When you encourage rioting, when you're encouraging bailing out the looters, if you remember in the summer of 2020, They burnt down over 100 black-owned businesses in the near north of Minneapolis. And Kamala Harris tweeted a link to bail out the violent rioters. Kamala's awful with her weird laugh. (laughs) But why did she do it? Because Republicans were condemning it. Hey, don't loot. Don't burn down businesses. Don't torch police stations. This isn't good for anybody. So the Democratic position immediately just became a rebuke of, the, well, how dare you say that? You must be systemically racist. No, not at all. It's not racist to want black businesses, mom and pops, to not get burnt down. It's not racist to want the divide between police and the communities they're sworn to protect to get worse. Okay, when you inflame tensions, when you fan the flames of division, when you start crying out for less cops, more empathy for the criminals, what you ultimately do is embolden the criminals. So, you know, my plea in this moment is that hopefully somebody out there learns from the lessons of the summer of George Floyd because the end result of defund the police was major cuts to municipal police budgets. New York cut over a half a billion dollars. L.A. cut close to a billion dollars in California as a whole. And do you understand the murder rates spiked nationally since then by about 30 percent? More specifically, the black murder rate has spiked by 35 percent. So yelling and screaming at the cops and declaring that the whole entire country is a bunch of racists doesn't actually help the black community, nor does it help the members of the black community that are putting on the uniform and swearing to protect us and taking the risk of their life to do so. So you understand this video is going to come out tonight. You're going to see the Benjamin Crumps and the Al Sharptons and all the race baiters say America needs to have a conversation. But the only thing any of those people are interested in every time you hear an Al Sharpton or a Benjamin Crump say America needs to have a conversation, the subtitle should always be, Please give us money. Every single time. Okay, if you're watching this video tonight and you're frustrated, you're a member of the black community, say, oh, hell no, this isn't right. I understand. I'm not going to be on board with this video if a man was unjustly killed at the hands of the police. But I am going to be mindful of the fact that, one, the cops have been charged, and two, until we have all of the details, this idea that we should be issuing a blanket declaration that everyone involved should die in prison, I'm telling you it's not productive. 
But do you know what the least productive thing we can do in this moment is? Decide that these five cops represent all cops across the country. Because here's a newsflash. If these cops turn out to be bad guys and thugs, that doesn't change the fact that 99% of the cops out there are good guys that we need. And I'm telling you this. It is a self-inflicted wound when we rebel against police, especially when we do so in the name of race pimps who are just trying to divide us for their own benefit. Money, 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 money. What was the end result of Black Lives Matter? They raised $90 million, $90 million. Did they establish a bail fund to make life easier for black people trapped in the system? The answer would be no. Any type of scholarship program to maybe uplift the youth of black America? The answer would be no. Okay, what they did is they went out and they bought mansions out in California, in Bel Air, in Beverly Hills. Okay, Patrice Cullors got rich, bought all kinds of housing. The person that's supposed to be accounting for the funding in that group has vacated the post on two occasions, so we don't even know who's in charge of the money anymore. You're all a bunch of grifters. Okay, listen. People who want justice, you're good people. Okay, people who want bad cops held accountable, you're good people. And a lot of you happen to be cops. Nobody hates bad cops more than good cops because the bad cops make their jobs infinitely harder. Okay, but you have to understand in this moment the only productive thing that can be done in reaction to this video is to let the system run its course. We don't need a riot, okay, because the system worked. When it came to the George Floyd video, the system worked, okay? The cop was prosecuted. The cop was held accountable. And everybody who watched that video agreed that the cop should be held accountable. Okay, the problem we have in America right now, and it's very important that you know this, is consensus Meaning we all agree. Yeah, I would you know, what they said. Consensus is worth nothing politically. You can't leverage it. So the Democrats are going to watch this video and explain to you why it's the Republicans fault, why it's white America's fault, why it's the cops fault, because they're hoping people will vote for them because, hey, they took a stand against this video that you're mad about. They took a stand against the people responsible for this video you're mad about, when in truth, they're not taking a stance against anything but a straw man argument. Democrats are so full of crap. Okay, Republicans are going to push back on whatever type of race baiting Democrats do. Okay, and then we'll be told, well, the Republicans just don't care if a black man dies. Even though, you know, Republicans are the ones saying fund the police, which, of course, protects the black community. Okay, understand that when this person in this video tonight is portrayed in a heinous manner, man was beaten by cops, died three hours later. Okay, it is not a justification to start having empathy for violent criminals. I'm not calling this man a violent criminal, but I'm talking about violent criminals as a whole. The end result of the George Floyd riots were a bunch of people got rich off them. Okay, a couple of mascots on corporate products, lost their mascots. Aunt Jemima's out of a job, so that black family loses out on 100 years of revenue. Uncle Ben's out of a job, so the Asian man who portrayed him, his family's out on a you know bunch of royalties. Okay, we saw things like that happen. They momentarily took the show Cops off the air. They took live T- PD off the air. Okay, at one point, they wanted to get rid of the dog Scout in Poor Patrol because it portrayed cops in a positive light. I have an op-ed about that at foxnews.com. You could go read it. It's like three years old at this point. But the point being is that the only productive thing that could come out of one of these videos being released is justice being served and more of us having faith in a system that is functioning properly. 
System functioned properly in the name of George Floyd. We all agreed can't do this. But that was invaluable in the summer of 2020. So what did the Democrats do? They told you what? Well, it wasn't a Derek Chauvin that knelt on George Floyd's neck. It was all of America. We're systemically racist. These people are rioting because their leaders have ignored them for 50 years. And you're like, all right, well, yeah, no, clearly they do feel like their leaders are ignoring them. But what no one stopped to point out was that every single one of the leaders ignoring them in every single city that rioted was Democrat. So I'm telling you, okay, I'm bracing the country. I'm leading the fastest growing radio show in the country, okay, with this little chat because I know there are people out there that are really going to be rubbed the wrong way by what they see, okay? If you want to help, if you want to be part of the solution, okay, don't go loot a Nike store, okay? Don't go get in a fight with a cop because the cop you're fighting didn't harm this guy, okay? The cop you're fighting is a family at home like you do. It's trying to make a good life for himself and be a necessary, I mean vital contributor to the community that he serves. Okay, these people by and large are heroes. Are there bad cops? Of course. Oh, my goodness gracious. There's bad everything. It's not unique to any one profession. But the reality is nothing, nothing requires and we're all in this together mentality like law and order. And the end result of rebelling on the cops the last time around was what? A bunch of woke bail reforms that let violent criminals out of jail, okay, without serving any time. And the issue there is 90% of violent crimes are committed against members of the same race. So you understand if you say, oh, this is, you know, I'm going to let out a minority because uh, the prison system is disproportionately jailing minorities, okay, if he's a violent criminal, 90% of the time, he's going to harm a member of his own community. So all you're really doing is prioritizing the lawbreakers at the expense of the law abiders. So when this video comes out tonight, and we'll discuss it and we'll get through it, if you really, really, really want to help, okay, form an opinion. Get involved at a local level with legislation, with running for office, with maybe being a liaison, a community liaison between police and the communities they, they, you know, that they serve, okay? But if your end result is that you are rioting or we got to defund the cops, some crazy knee-jerk reaction that paints every cop with the brush of these five, you, my friend, are part of the problem. So if you want to help tonight, okay, watch this video, have the conversation, but chill the out. A show so good, it's hard to describe. It's not a matter of, it's a matter of, you just, oh, in the club, I mean, um, as, as, and, uh, you know. It's Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. You know, so, uh. Listen to the all-new Brett Bear podcast featuring Common Ground, in-depth talks with lawmakers from opposite sides of the aisle, along with all your Brett Bear favorites like his all-star panel and much more. Available now at foxnewspodcasts.com or wherever you get your podcasts. It is Fox Across America with your radio buddy, Jimmy Fallon. Big Friday episode of the show. Oklahoma Senator Mark Wayne Mullen is going to be here. Kevin Walling. Kevin Walling is in the house. He worked on the Biden campaign. This is the biggest schmuck I've ever met. He's a nice guy. You stop it. We're going to talk across the aisle. We're also going to chat with the Link Man, Lincoln Fallon, rounding out the show this week. 
spend a little extra time with his dad before I get back on the road. I'm heading out to Carson City, Nevada next weekend, uh, and they have added an additional show Saturday night. So if you go to ccnugget.com, you can get tickets to that 10 p.m. show. The first two sold out. I am honored. I am thrilled. I am flattered. Uh, And we'll be hanging out with the number one rated KKFT crowd, as well as our newest affiliate out in Susanville, California. They're coming down as well. Uh, And it's going to be a banger. Uh, But right now, I'm trying to hold this country together. Okay, we are working on two dueling police video releases right now. Okay, first and foremost is the one down in Memphis that we are expecting at 7 p.m. tonight. Uh, It is body cam footage of a police encounter that resulted in five cops being charged. Okay, the second video is the video of the break-in at the Pelosi compound in San Francisco, which the San Francisco PD has finally released just moments ago. And uh, I got to be honest, if the goal of releasing this video was to tamp down suspicions about how this guy got into the house and what he was doing, uh, that goal is not (laughs) going to get the job done. Not even close! It's a bad one. Uh, It's... Paul Pelosi answering the door in his underwear, accompanied by his attacker. Uh, They are both holding on to a hammer that they seem to be resting control of before the situation ultimately goes sideways. Now, you might say, well, maybe the guy had his underwear off because he, you know, his pants off just because he just happened to be sleeping in the middle of the night and somebody broke in. Uh, But I'm just telling you when you watch the video for yourself, it's going to leave you with more questions than answers. And I'm saying this not as someone who wishes the Pelosi's any ill will. I'm saying this as someone who has watched the narrative around this story change quite dramatically on more than one occasion. And given the stakes of who's involved and what they're tied to uh, and what they have previously been tied to in the eyes of the law, we're talking about Paul Pelosi, who wasn't exactly throwing a perfect game behind the wheel this summer. Okay, the fact that he's also involved in this, what they're telling you is a home invasion, uh, not good, uh, not ideal. And everyone on the left has been quick to politicize this and say, oh, it's right wing rhetoric. It's Fox News. It's the people. Okay, if you live in a Berkeley nudist colony inside a school bus, I'm going to go out on a limb and say that when you moved into the school bus in the nudist colony, you didn't install cable right away. You know, this idea... Okay, that they just want you to believe, well, you know, Fox News disagrees with the Democrats, so people attack them. Okay, you can't show me the correlation. Okay, you can show me a Bernie Sanders campaign worker who shot up a Republican softball practice after they called Republicans literally Hitler leading up to the 2016 election. But again, even in that instance, the actions of the fringe are their own. How about we stop blaming each other? And start blaming the bad guys. Could you imagine? My goodness gracious. I'm telling you, that boy's a genius. What a messy day on the show. Fox Cross America with Jimmy Fallon. They just released the police surveillance video of the break-in at the Pelosi home in San Francisco, California. It is a really bizarre video. This lunatic, Brian DePape, is shown breaking into the home uh, via a side window with a hammer and with some type of bag of goods or whatever the hell his traveling gear was. And the video uh, then cuts to the police approaching the front door, uh, knocking on the door a couple of times before receiving an answer, at which point uh, Paul Pelosi answers the door in uh, a dress shirt, Uh, underwear, 
and he clearly has a drink in his hand in a clear plastic cup. I don't know if it's alcohol, but his face looks a little bit inebriated. I'm not going to lie. Now, to be clear, he is also clutching a hammer that a fully dressed Brian DePape, who still has sneakers on, Paul is barefoot, DePape has sneakers on. They're both holding on to the hammer. The minute the door swings open, police are greeted with Paul Pelosi holding a hammer with some unknown assailant. And the cops go, what the hell's going on? Put the hammer down. And the guy goes, nope, and swings it and hits Paul Pelosi. At which point the cops tackle the guy. Paul clearly suffers some type of, you know, injury. And uh, the whole thing wraps up in, you know, seconds. And we don't have, um, you know, full answers in terms of context and everything in between. But what we do have is a really strange-looking video, but a video that I'm hoping also gives everybody perspective when it comes to what we're going to witness down in Memphis tonight. Police work is not clean. It's not easy. Adrenaline is rushing. Uh, The stakes oftentimes can be life or death. There's a lot of wild variables that can influence the outcome of a police encounter. One of the things I've been screaming about for two years is if somebody violently resists police arrest and winds up getting tased or shot by a cop, we shouldn't automatically assume the cops are just out indiscriminately hunting people because we don't have any instances of the cops killing somebody or shooting somebody without there being some type of a crime that perpetrated that and, you know, that can't, that encounter. Now, again, I'm not saying that anyone deserves to die. I'm not, not at all. I'm just saying that as a responsible broadcaster, I have to acknowledge the nuance and the impossibility of most of these situations. The public is shown a very finite context, and then we just immediately retreat to our respective corners and form an absolute opinion. The cop is absolutely a murderer. And like, wait, what? Based on what do you got there? Okay, in the Pelosi situation, I got to tell you, the narrative around the story and the details that were leaked, and I, you can see now when you watch the video why so many people weren't buying it. Okay, you got details leaked. Guy answered the door in his underwear, holding a drink, appeared to be intoxicated. We're talking about Paul Pelosi. Had another guy in the house at 3 in the morning. They're both holding on to a hammer. It's a little weird. They don't necessarily seem to be in distress. They answer the door smiling, and within a second, a guy swings the hammer. They're on the ground. It sounds weird. To me, I got to be honest with you, as a cab driver who's been a part of vice and all kinds of illicit interactions that my passengers were engaged in, to me, it's still red like Paul picked this guy up and invited him into the home. But there is video out there of the guy breaking into the home. So as a responsible broadcaster, I do have to acknowledge that there's more to this situation than the one angle of the police body cam footage. Do we know that this was somehow uh, provoked by right-wing rhetoric? No. We don't know any of the absolutes being thrown at us. What we know in this moment is you hope Paul Pelosi is okay and you hope that justice is served. No different than the situation down in Memphis. Okay, here's the thing on this show. There's not a lot of us left. The reason I love you people so much, the reason I'm always on the road trying to meet you people, is I'm so proud of what this show has created in terms of reasonable, level-headed people who care. Not people who need to win politically, not people that are willing to, you know, look the other way 
when it comes to doing the right thing, you're the good people. You're the fun people. You laugh at stuff. You don't take life too seriously. But more importantly, you're not trying to score cheap political points with a knee-jerk reaction that will ultimately harm society in the long run. Like when people were yelling defund the police, there was a short-term payoff. We were months away from an election, and they were like, woo, defund the police. Republicans like them. We'll say we hate them. Less money for the cops. More tensions in the streets. More riots. Who cares? These people have property insurance. Doesn't matter. And people did that. That was the position they took. And understand, the end result was, yes, the Democrats probably peeled off some political support because of the George Floyd riots. But the ultimate bill was paid in the form of death, in the form of higher crime rates, in the form of emboldened criminals that ultimately led to, as we say all the time, those woke bail reforms. Everything woke turns to So we're going to continue to monitor these police videos. It is weird, man. The Pelosi story, you don't watch it and get the feeling that you have the whole story. But you do watch it and get the feeling that something horrific was going on. And if you're a decent person, you still hope Pelosi's okay. I'm no fan of his wife. I'm certainly no fan of his driving record, my goodness. But the point is, this is not the ill will show. We don't hate the other side. You know, we got bigger fish to fry. So we'll continue to monitor that situation. But there's another battle I have to transition into really quickly, also taking place in California, of all places. So today, Friday... Uh, is the final day, okay, Friday, January the 27th, is the final day of the RNC Summit, the Republican National Committee. Now, today, moments after we go off the air, the committee is going to vote on who their next chairperson should be. Okay, right now it happens to be Rona McDaniel, who you've heard on the show over the years. Uh, Also nominated is Harmeet Dillon, who you heard on the show last week. They also have Mike Lindell, a.k.a. the My Pillow guy, also in the running. Okay, now the big divide within the party, just so you understand, is that voters very much feel like the Republicans underachieved in the midterms. They were promised a red wave, and they got a damp rag. <laughs> you weren't surfing. You know, when you take a washcloth and you twist it till it's so tight it feels like it's going to split in your hands and like one little drop of water comes out. That was the red wave. Republicans wildly underachieved. And a lot of voters feel like they rewarded failure because Mitch McConnell has a 9% approval rating. And the Republican Party immediately gave Mitch McConnell his Senate leadership position right back. Okay. Kevin McCarthy, he did all the fundraising in the midterms. Okay, Kevin McCarthy met a little bit of a resistance within the party, but establishment Republicans never wavered. Kevin McCarthy got the speakership. Okay, Rona McDaniel is the last of that three-headed thing. Okay, she was the party chair who has had three wildly underachieving election cycles in a row. Voters feel like she has to go. Get her out. Get her out of here. But to be clear, that Donald Trump soundbite I'm playing... Uh, would contradict get her out of here because Trump wants her to stay. Okay, there's a big divide within the party right now. Trump is lobbying behind closed doors, and I'm sure you've read about it online, because he quietly does want Rona to be the party chair because he doesn't want to upset his establishment too much because he understands he can't get the nomination if the establishment is mad at him. And the establishment's person is Rona. She's part of them. She's one and the same. Okay, the... I guess what you – I don't want to call them radical because they're not radical. 
but the grassroots wing of the party very much wants Harmeet Dillon. Where this becomes interesting is another potential 2024 candidate has thrown his weight behind Harmeet Dillon. This is Ron DeSantis sitting down with Charlie Kirk, probably the only time in the history of the show we've ever played a clip from the Charlie Kirk show, but shout out to Charlie, good guest. And uh, listen, nothing against Charlie, he's a nice kid, Uh, but here it is, it is clip eight. Well, we've had three substandard election cycles in a row, 18, 20, and 22. And I would say of all three of those, 22 was probably the worst. I think we need uh, a change. I think we need to get some new blood in the RNC. Uh, I like what Harmeet Dillon has said about getting the RNC out of D.C. This guy will say anything. (laughs) The lines have been drawn in the sand. So DeSantis wants Harmeet Dillon. He is on record publicly as saying he wants Harmeet Dillon. Trump has tweeted on Truth Social that he wants to see them both fight it out, may the best candidate win. But behind closed doors, he is all about Ronna McDaniel. Okay, here is Sarah Westwood on Fox News at night last night explaining that Ronna has all the establishment support. It's clip nine. Yeah, I think there's a reason why more credible challengers didn't jump into the race against McDaniel. You know, Lee Zeldin really publicly weighed getting into the race and decided not to after losing the governor's race in New York. And I think that's because McDaniel does still have a really strong hold on members of the RNC. I think what we, we heard DeSantis say is sort of echoing his rationale for potentially running for president, right? New blood, getting out of D.C. You know, he's sort of aligning himself with this insurgent wing of the party that's ready to challenge the establishment. You're seeing a lot of the same energy that was behind the speakership race in the House. But like the race for, for Kevin McCarthy, there wasn't really a, a, a seriously credible challenger waiting in the wings. So while Harmie Dillon has a potentially real chance, I think McDaniel still is the clear favorite going into tomorrow. So if you catch that, Rona McDaniel still has the establishment support. And by establishment support, what I mean is the cash. Money, 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 money. Politics is all money, you guys. It's the reason I play these clips a lot. The reason Kevin McCarthy is the speaker right now is not because anybody thought he was going to fight tooth and nail in Washington for the interest of the voters. It's because he is the number one fundraiser. That's how Nancy Pelosi held the grip that she had over her party for as long as she did, is that she was the best person at raising money. And the person that raises the money gets to allocate how it's spent. So ultimately, people throw their weight behind that guy because they want the campaign money. That's how it works. So Ronna McDaniel, with as much establishment support, meaning fundraising support as she has, it's going to be really hard to unseat. What's dangerous here is the Republicans are betting on something the Democrats are betting on, which is that people will vote party over country. Now, to be clear, I think every Democrat policy being pushed right now is horrible for the country. So I wouldn't begrudge you for voting party over country if you're voting Republican. But what the Democrats have turned every one of these election cycles into is the other guys are racist. They hate women. They hate gays. They take away abortion. They don't let black people vote. It's all a scam. But the Democrats run that play because it's effective. People don't really vote for something. They vote against something else. Like A good example of that would be 2020. Nobody voted for Biden. Nobody was like, now this is a sharp guy. This is Biden fella. He's really got a handle on things. Nobody was saying that. Tell it like it is. Okay, but they were, in fact, voting against Donald Trump. I agree with that. That's how it went down. So what often happens 
is in our politics, it being as partisan as it is, it being as much of a team sport as it is, parties will bank not on deliverables for the voters on an individual basis like, you know, taxes or jobs or border security. No, no, what they'll bank on is the deliverable is victory. You get out of bed and get to say that your party won. Ha, 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 we beat that other side of the country we can't stand. That's the deliverable now in politics. It's not about improving anybody's quality of life. They're counting on the emotional improvement you will get just from beating that party you can't stand. But I'm telling you because I care about you, man. This is a really destructive way to do politics because the bidding of the voters is being ignored. Understand, the voters, if you polled voters in the speakership race, they would have taken Jim Jordan over Kevin McCarthy. They would have taken Byron Donalds over Kevin McCarthy. Pretty much anyone who was nominated over McCarthy, the voters would have taken because they didn't want to reward the architects of the 2022 midterms with a promotion. Okay, they failed. The midterms were not the success you were told they were going to be. Okay, the projections going into the midterms were that the Republicans were going to win so big. Don't ever forget this. Trump held a party at Mar-a-Lago to watch the midterms because he was going to get in front of a podium and go, hey, I am responsible for most of this success, and I'm going to have an announcement in a few days, at which point he was going to launch his presidential candidacy, laying claim to all the success the Republicans had in the midterms. Okay, Everyone, including the Democrats, thought the Republicans were going to win. Now, I'm not telling you it's Trump's fault, but I am telling you the party as a whole underachieved to the surprise of everyone, which is why voters don't want these people in charge again. Voters want their interests served. If you were to ask voters right now, they don't want more Rona McDaniel. They'd love Harmeet Dillon. I bet you if you polled voters, Mike Lindell would get support, you know, just because they don't want an establishment person, just to be clear. So the Republicans are going down a really interesting path because they're betting on money. They're betting on that electoral deliverable as opposed to the individual quality of life deliverable they could give to voters. And I'm telling you, depending on how this rolls, it could really dampen enthusiasm. But the immediate takeaway is that after today's vote, you'll find where the enthusiasm really lies within the party. DeSantis has endorsed Harmie Dillon and some type of a change. Trump is behind Rona McDaniel squarely. Now, of course, either man, should he become the standard bearer for the party in 2024, is going to work with the Republican Party. Okay, but when it comes to, you know, voter enthusiasm... A lot of voters are going to feel like their interests aren't being met if we just hand the keys back to the person who does all the fundraising. And I'm out here in the real world and I know what's right or wrong or bullshit. You're listening to Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. I enjoyed it. It was an unbelievably interesting experience. It is Fox Across America with your radio buddy, Jimmy Fallon, and we head right down to Raleigh, North Carolina, where one of my buddies is standing by. Harold is on the line. Hey, Harold. Good afternoon. Thank you for taking my call. Of course. First and foremost, I'd like to express my condolences to these two young young black men that were in confrontations with the police and lost their lives. Yeah. Um, when I was a police officer, my greatest fear, Mr. Fallon, was having a confrontation with a black male and having to having to use force that was my greatest fear mm-hmm. that's, that's when i look at this meatball uh crump the ambulance chaser on tv every time these incidents happen he's front and center but where is he when the grandmothers are getting shot the babies are getting shot 
the teenagers are getting shot, yeah. you don't see them. Nope. So if he's so concerned about black life, where is he with when those incidents happened, there was an 84 year old black woman that was shot at a graduation in Houston last year, 84 years old mm -hmm. at her grandson's graduation, shot and killed. Where was he? Yep. Cause you want to know what it is. You can't make money off of that stuff. You know, when, whenever we bring up the question of like inner city violence and stuff, you know, black on black crime, we're told that it's a dodge or it's some type of racism. When in truth, we're trying to prioritize all of these situations, not the ones you can make money off of. Well, well Mr. Fail, I'm, I'm a black male. Of course. I, if they have a problem with me talking about black on black crime, then they're not interested in solving it. Of course. Because when I was, depending on where you worked in New York City, because New York City, Brooklyn was br broken into Brooklyn North, Brooklyn South. Yep. The majority of the crimes, the majority of your criminal activity was in Brooklyn North, mm -hmm. predominantly black and Hispanic neighborhoods. Mm -hmm. So let me see, I'm 67 years old. I can't think of one person in my life that was shot by a police officer. Now, conversely, I can tell you, I can think about 30 people that were shot by other black males. Yeah. So if, if, if it's, let's deal with the problem that's most prevalent. Yeah. Because it takes, right. it would take, let me see, there was 8,000 young black, 8,000 black people shot and killed last year in America, 8,000. Mm -hmm. So at the rate the police are killing black men, which is 15 a year, mm -hmm. you know how many years it would take to get to 8,000? Yeah, I know. But I know how much fundraising can happen off that 15. Harold, you get it. I'm nominating you for police commissioner. Would you take the gig, yes or no? The first thing I would do would be fire Eric Adams. There you go. You got the gig. Congrats. <laughs> Live from everywhere USA, it's Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. Here we go. Here we go. Back in action on a big Friday episode of Fox Across America with your radio buddy Jimmy Fallon. Got a stacked deck in terms of guests. Uh, Oklahoma Senator Mark Wayne Mullen is going to stop by to discuss Joe Biden's rantings about the economy. We have a president that is clearly not all there. Very hard, uh, even for a guy like me who kind of owns a Biden to English dictionary. I couldn't put a lot of it into proper English, but Senator Mullen's going to try to help. Uh, Kevin Walling worked on the Biden campaign in 2020. What an idiot. But we love Kevin Walling. Despite our political differences, he will be stopping by as well. And of course, Lincoln Fela will be rounding out the show in the final hour. 888-788-9910 if you want to open. You want to be the opening act for any of these people. Right now we're having a discussion we set up off the top of the show today about the police body cam footage we are awaiting down in Memphis, Tennessee. If you happen to be listening on the Roar of Memphis one of our fabulous affiliates. Uh, we are certainly sending you all the good vibes we can and calling for any restraint, uh, the maximum amount of restraint allowable by law. Uh, we're calling for calm. We're calling for reason. Uh, we're calling for the system to have the opportunity to function properly uh, because we're being told the Memphis Police Department will release this body cam video of Tyree Nichols suffering what would become a fatal beating by police. He was beaten by the cops uh, and died January the 10th after a traffic stop interaction on January the 7th. Five of the officers involved have now been charged with murder in this case. Worth noting, all five of them are black. So this is not as simple as, you know, what the race pimps in the media would have you to believe was a bunch of racist cops driving around looking for trouble. 
Uh, but the Memphis police chief, Sarah Lynn Davis, appeared on CNN this morning, told people what they expect to see once the footage is released. The pull quote here is, this is the police chief. I was outraged. It was incomprehensible to me. It was unconscionable. And I felt that I needed to do something and do something quickly. I don't think I've witnessed anything of that nature in my entire career. So we're bracing for a video that is not good. Okay. And uh, knowing that to be the case, we're trying to use this platform as, you know, we always say a force multiplier of positive energy but also just a force multiplier of reason in this instance. If the knee-jerk reaction is these five cops who have been criminally charged, okay, are emblematic of every other cop in the country, you wind up causing a lot more harm than good, okay? The vast, vast, vast majority of the men and women who put on this uniform are great people, and uh, we cannot, we cannot let incidents like this serve as an opportunity to further divide you know, police and the communities they're sworn to protect because the end result of that is actually more violence and more death. I think he's got a point. Okay. We also have major cities, Austin, Texas, Los Angeles, California, Washington, D.C., also expecting some type of a blowback. Georgia Governor Brian Kemp issued a state of emergency last night. Uh, he has also brought in the National Guard. He's got a 1,000 National Guard troops to be called up. And uh, that is, of course, in reaction to the demonstrations last weekend over the death of a 26-year-old environmental activist, Manuel Esteban Paez Tehran, uh, who was shot and killed by the Georgia State Patrol after he shot and wounded a state trooper. So I got to be honest with you, okay? We're kidding ourselves, and we're never going to make progress on this issue if we can't acknowledge that shooting at a state trooper contributed to someone's demise. Okay, you, you're lying. You cannot reduce this to race as if there's any race that would be allowed to shoot at a state trooper and the cops wouldn't shoot back. Who's shooting at us? Sarge, a white guy. Okay, good luck, buddy. Oh, you missed me. I'm over here. Okay, that's not how this works. Do you understand? And the idea that they looted or tried to attack stores and burn police cars down in Atlanta last week was disgusting. But people felt, you know, a lot of them were Antifa dirtbags who were just riding as a lifestyle. It's all white kids. But people felt just in doing so because a good percentage of our society has bought onto a false narrative that the cops are racist. Get some facts and come back and see me. Nobody has facts. Nobody can come back and see me. You know, the old adage, when you have the facts, pound the facts. When you have nothing, pound the table. They pound the table on racist cops over and over and over again. But they actually give you data on police interactions that shows cops disproportionately killing one race over another when it comes to violent crime and resisting arrest. Of course, the answer is no. Put up or shut up. They won't shut up because it pays well. Now, in the instance of a George Floyd, the cop should have been held accountable. We should get behind that. The system functioned properly. In the instance of this video we're about to see in Memphis, okay, based on what the police chief told us, the cops should be held accountable. Well, under the law, they have been. They're all being criminally charged. So this idea that we're supposed to watch a bad video tonight and go, oh, hell no, time to loot a Nike store, burn down a Wendy's. Where's the, for what? For what reason? Who are you doing that for? You're not doing it for the victim. You're not doing it for their family. You're certainly not doing it for the community you purport to care about because you only, for, again, like I said, further that divide. Okay, let me get into the calls. 888-788-9910. Stuart is in Memphis, Tennessee. Yo, Stuart. Hey, how's it going, Jimmy? Good. You hanging in down there? Oh, we're hanging in. Uh, I'm kind of just on the outskirts of Memphis, but I'm in the Shelby County area, So, okay. uh, and... 
you know, I don't really feel like we'll be affected here. Mm-hmm. But my son works in downtown Memphis, and uh, obviously there's a little bit of a concern. But he's, a, you know, he's fairly smart, takes good care of himself. He'll 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 watch out and keep his head on a swivel type of thing. Okay. But it's obviously not a great situation going on here. And you know, in all honesty, um, when you have the the Tennessee Bureau of Investigation, uh, uh, essentially the Tennessee, uh, the authorities from the ten- the state of Tennessee looking at the video and, you know, um, mm-hmm. it, it's a white officer and he's saying, or a white detective, I don't know what they call him at, at that level, but mm-hmm. saying it's a, it's a, a pretty telling, pretty telling video. Yeah. Uh, I would expect it's, it's not going to be good for the defendants. And I think it's just a simple aspect of, of uh you know everything gets the guy runs uh the they chase him down there's a lot of adrenaline rolling and 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 you know it's kind of like well you disrespected me by running instead of you know just kind of taking it mm-hmm. as you know and yeah. and going like that unless he had something to hide and all the mitigating circumstances go out the door for the police officers once they start beating on him and, and he becomes a fatality, obviously, yeah. uh, you know, defend themselves as required, uh, you know, restrain the guy as required and then stop mm-hmm. and then, you know, collect yourself. And I think that happens a lot with everybody. Everybody gets, you know, you're, you're a comedian mm-hmm. and, and you, the the problem that I'm having right now with society, with all the wokeness, all the crap that goes on, excuse my terminology, is everybody's forgotten how to laugh. Yeah. Uh, I mean, the thing of it is, is, is I don't want to, you know, it seems pretty simple, but nobody, nobody uh, can, can take a joke anymore. Nobody without getting upset, you know, people get offended over the littlest things. And, and quite frankly, I, I think it's part of the problem. I, I, you know, I don't expect express to be a professional in this thing or an expert on it. But that's are, you, just, are you saying that's society is? It. Are you saying like society is wound too tight, so people's knee jerk reaction is you know because we're getting justice, the cops are being charged. But are you saying there's this aspect of society that wants even more out of this? You know, is yeah, that- and it's you know it doesn't get helped by people in California going, well, we're going to give people three million dollars in reparations when nobody in the in the U.S. Uh, has been uh, under the any aspect of slavery type of thing, you know. That, yeah, nobody that, alive did it. Nobody alive was part of it. No, it, I mean, yeah. It, so mm-hmm. it, it's 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 kind of a, along the lines of um, people are looking for an excuse to to work the system. Yeah, and 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 I I don't like that. And 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 there's you know a lot of the problems that I I think. Uh, Memphis has some economic problems, and, and there are some things in, in Memphis that um, are issues racially and so forth. But I work with a, a lot of individuals who are uh, black Americans, and, and quite frankly, they're um, straightforward, you know, fun-loving, joking kind of guys. Of course. The, the and, thing and, is, and, and, we're all people, and that's what – you see, the guys that benefit from dividing us are trying to treat us as if one race is any different than the other. You know what I'm saying? We're all people. We all want the same things, you know, and that's where well, this all this racial division, I keep yelling about it 
because what it ultimately does is it makes it harder for all people, you know, but specifically the black community, uh, you know, when it comes to everybody calling to defund the police. So, listen, I think your heart's in the right place. I hope your your feet and your family are in the right place if things go sideways tonight. Stay safe. OK, Stuart? Uh, I will say one other okay, thing real quick, and, and that's just um, with with the situation that goes on, I would follow the money. And, and and that's going to be with the protesters. Follow the money and, and see yeah. where it leads to because yeah. it, there, there may be a, a Soros angle on this or there may be I, this angle on that or that yeah. angle on it. And I don't, I don't, I don't have that really yet, but about. I do have Ben Crump in front of a microphone, and that's never good. Uh, good stuff, uh, Stuart. No, it's not. Be well, man. See you, brother. There he goes, Stuart, down in Memphis, Tennessee, home of the king of rock and roll. God, I love – I do love Memphis. It's like one of – all the stations we uh you know we started on about 27 stations and we're somewhere over 130 now it's pretty wild i mean whoa way to go i deserve none of the credit by the way it's all the the affiliate team does all this stuff <laughs> they, they get the product out there and like you got to check out this guy he's a little nuts we're paying him in tide pods and cheap tequila give the show a chance and a lot of people have so i'm flattered and thank you uh but uh, you know every market that adds us I've, i'm so blown away uh, but I, I would be lying if I didn't say that Memphis had a special place in my heart because I'm a big Elvis fan. Like, Elvis is my thing. I love Elvis. Uh, one of the best books you'll ever read in your life. It's a two-parter. Uh, Peter Goralnik, uh, Last Train to Memphis, which is about the rise of Elvis Presley, and the other one's called Careless Love. It's a two-parter about the rise and, I guess what they'd say, the fall of Elvis. Uh, but I've always had an affinity for Elvis, and I've been down the Graceland a few times and everything in between. Uh, so I hate to know that all of those great people in a wonderful town, you know, are bracing for this type of reaction tonight. You know, and I want to believe, you know, with the minimal impact we have on society doing a show like this, that we can hopefully get somebody listening to, you know, kind of channel their emotions to a reasonable place. Because there's so much incentive like I don't what Stuart was making a point of like you know there's people that financially benefit and the George Soros of the world there's no doubt that like the George Soros of the world are getting district attorneys elected that are lightening up their criminal sentencing guidelines which is ultimately creating more crime but when it comes to these actual riots I don't have anything that ties them to George Soros so much as I have people who benefit politically people who benefit in the media people who make a lot of money like when you see Benjamin Crump get involved when you see Al Sharpton getting get involved, okay, it's always... Please give us money. They're getting ready to sue. They're getting ready to exploit the pain this family is going through, the unrest this community is experiencing. They don't want... It's, you know, Harold made a brilliant point earlier. Harold, since late 60s, is a retired NYPD cop as a black man who served in Brooklyn when it was, I mean, Brooklyn. Like, I grew up in New York. There was an era, you know, in the 80s or 90s, you got out of a car in Brooklyn and you were like, I got a bad feeling about this. So Harold served in the worst of the worst. And he would be the first one to tell you that all the people that do the activist stuff tonight don't really care about the black lives because they don't speak to black on black crime. They don't speak to the inner city violence that consumes so many lives every day. They speak to the handful of people a year that get in a violent interaction with police and wind up dying because of it. And I understand the bad cops should be held accountable. But the reason we never solve the crime is we're not focusing on the bigger issue. Okay, understand, you look at it no differently than shoplifting. Let's say you have two employees, okay? One represents the cops. 
The other represents the community. Okay, these are shoplifters. Now we're not accusing the cops of this formally. This is an analogy. You have two employees. One employee is stealing five bucks a year from your company. Okay, not good, and you shouldn't tolerate it. But there's another employee that's stealing tens of thousands of dollars a year from your company. Okay, you understand if your company is running negative deficits because of the shoplifting, okay, going after the $5 a year guy over and over and over again is never going to solve your larger problem. So should the bad cops be held accountable? Absolutely. I'm not saying let him go because there's other crime in the city. I'm saying stop, you know, serving at the whims of these race pimps who just want you to burn down the city and get mad at the cops so they can sue when the violence ensues and walk away with some cash. Because the reality is everybody who donates to them thinks they're doing so in the name of progress. But the only people making progress off of Ben Crump or an Al Sharpton are people named Ben Crump and Al Sharpton. Pay up, suckers. You're listening to Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. It's like it's a it's a game changer. It is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. And we've got Oklahoma Senator Mark Wayne Mullen coming up. We do have to talk a little bit of economy. Uh, it, Joe Biden tried to do the same yesterday. I got to be honest with you, man. It was uh, Biden's lost his marbles. Woo! Here is Biden uh, in Springfield, Virginia, looking for Congressman Doug, who is not there because there is no Congressman Doug. Don Byer, the local representative, clip 11. I, uh, I said that... Uh... When I was seeking the nomination, I said, take a seat, everybody. And there wasn't a single chair in the place. I said, that Biden really is stupid. He doesn't know. Where's Doug? Congressman. He's around here somewhere. (laughs) This man needs a retirement home and a warm bowl of soup. So he, you know, makes a joke about everyone thinking he's dumb. And then he goes on to ask for a congressman who's not there. <laughs> there is no Doug. This is shades of when he was looking for the late, great Jackie Walorski, Indiana representative who died over the summer. Biden was at a, you know, a, a bill signing this fall asking for Jackie, uh, who sadly was no longer with us. It's not a great moment. Here he is just randomly yelling about the recession, clip four. Analysts were saying that at the, by the end of the year, there'd be a recession. They've been telling me since I got elected, they're going to be in a recession. Every time we've gone, we've gotten better. Well, it turns out, thank God, they were wrong. Have you ever had a checkup? <laughs> Randomly yells. Here he is trying to explain that the Republicans represent Park Avenue. Worth pointing out that 99.4% of the political donations on Park Avenue... Went to Democrats. Bingo. Here it is. This is, my goodness gracious. Woo, this is clip five. You know, they view the world from Park Avenue. I view it where the wealthy, in fact, you get if everything works well for them, all that's going to trickle down and help the rest of us. Well, I come from a background where that never worked. I don't know. <laughs> Park Avenue is all Democrat. Okay, here is Biden saying no president added more to the debt. Then my president. What the hell did you just say? I don't know. I don't even know what he means by that. It sounds like he's begging Obama because he was vice president for eight years under Obama. I don't remember that ever happening. But it did. And here is Biden uh, begging on uh, my president, whoever that is, clip one. Under my predecessor, the last guy that was president. He got it. 
The deficit in four, went up four years in a row, accounting for 40% of the entire 200 years of debt. You hear me? No president added more to the debt in four years than my president. I, I misspoke. 25% of our country's entire debt. 25% accumulated over 200 years. Added to the, by the last administration in just four years. Now, to be clear, okay, he first says my predecessor, then he says my president. He's a little confused, but what he's really confused about is adding to the debt because all of the debts that was actually added came because of COVID. And I'm not saying it was all rightful and just, but I am saying Biden is a mess. If you like Biden so much, name three of his complete sentences. It is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. This next guest is a senator from the great state of Oklahoma. But he has so many kids. This guy, you could be doing a reality show instead. Senator Mark Wayne Mullen is on the show. Let's see if I can talk him into a career switch. Hey, man. Hey, how you doing? How many kids do the Mullins have? Six. It's, I mean, I, I, no one I believes joke about me. it, but yeah. I'm, I'm serious. My, my, my wife couldn't leave me alone. <laughs> I had headaches and I was tired sometimes and just she just it wouldn't I mean, just just a piece of meat I I, I, I get that's I, what I feel like sometimes I, I, I know I know I know what you mean like I married I, I married a farm girl she's the same way I'm like Jenny I'm up here eyes up here Jenny <laughs> can't get anything done of course, my, my my wife always remembers uh, or reminds me. Mark Wayne, half of them are adopted. <laughs> <laughs> but nonetheless, like, oh, nonetheless, <laughs> we know where her head was at. Come on, right. clean up your act, lady. Um, I was listening to Biden talk about the economy, talking about energy. You're from the great state of Oklahoma, obviously. They don't understand energy. That's my my overarching takeaways. We can get into individual policies, but I don't believe anybody on the left that's pushing any of these green energy initiatives is being honest with people in terms of our actual ability to pull this off based on what they're proposing. Well, you can't you can't talk about the economy and inflation and talk about getting it back on track and bringing it back down. If you if you're talking about running the energy sector at the same time, energy is the backbone of our economy. Mm -hmm. I've said this before on your show. Energy is the beginning of any product being made, and it's the and it's the cost of delivering every product to its good or to the to the purchaser. Mm -hmm. Um, And and so you your energy is the backbone. Without reliable and affordable energy, you can't have a reliable and affordable economy. And uh, and the policies that the Democrats have pushed out. They have wrecked havoc on our energy, and we've seen what's going on with our economy. We've had the highest energy costs and we've had since since Jimmy Carter was in office. You have inflation that is at the highest it's been uh, since Jimmy Carter was in office. Uh, you have the the, the um, uh, strategic oil or reserves, the strategic petroleum supply or reserves. That's uh, SPR, which is down to its 1984 levels. Um, and uh, and then the, the Biden will go out there and say that he's not going to let the GOP run the economy. And I'm going the last four years with Nancy Pelosi in charge. Um, she did all she could to run the economy. And you've only been in charge two years. And let's look at it. It's doing great. And you're saying we're going to run the economy. <laughs> Your policies have run the economy. Oh, it's, it's insane. We're talking to Oklahoma Senator Mark Wayne Mullen. Yeah, they tried to spin this week. 
Republicans uh, voting to raise gas prices was their characterization of Republicans not wanting them to raid the SPRs ever again in the name of low poll numbers because it's right. an it's art they're artificially lowering gas prices which are creeping back up by the way and to be clear just so our listeners understand like the SPR strategic petroleum reserves don't exist for this purpose it's for war Absolutely. it's for hurricanes you know right. It, it, the Strategic uh, Petroleum Reserves uh, was was put in place for the time of emergency, not for a time of political gain. Yep. And they're playing politics with it because they know they they know themselves their policies by eliminating the amount of production they've took they've taken out of the market. Um, that they know that the, the the desire the need for petroleum products has actually increased since they've been in office. I mean, everything. Most of the clothes you've got on right now have a petroleum base in it somehow. Yep. Uh, the mic that you're speaking on and the phone I'm talking on has a petroleum base. Those electric vehicles that are running around, they have plastic in them and they got rubber tires on them. It's petroleum base. So our our desire for petroleum products has actually increased at the same time. Just off of two things, two examples I'll give you right here. They reduced our they reduced our production and uh, refinery capacity by 1.8 million barrels per day. One Keystone pipeline, Keystone pipeline right now. If it was if it would have been permit, if they wouldn't pull the permit, it would be flowing as we speak right now, delivering 800,000 barrels per day to a refinery in in Houston or refineries in Houston. By the way, not all that's coming from Canada. A lot of that would be coming from our northern states, especially North Dakota would be carrying those products down. And then they have taken out over 100 million acres of production of federal land, and that's equated to a million barrels per day lost in production compared to what we had Trump's last month in office to where we are today. That a million barrels per day on federal public land. They have reduced capacity and drilling for, for uh, production that much. At the same time, we've increased more than that of our imports from OPEC, the cartel in Saudi Arabia. Mm-hmm. And by the way, Jimmy, we're still importing uh, Russian petroleum products and crude oil because um, he asked OPEC to increase production so they could buy more off of them, and OPEC gave him the thumb or the finger is what I would say yeah. in Oklahoma. <laughs> uh, and, and Venezuela kind of laughed at them, yep. and Russia is still selling them. Yep. Isn't it crazy? I mean, you know. Putin's getting rich off this war, by the way. He's making that money on the side. But the other thing I wanted to ask you about is the other mischaracterization is that they're also yelling and screaming this week that you guys want to cut Social Security. And uh, Senator John Kennedy had a pretty colorful reaction to that. Uh, I mean, how do you have an actual productive conversation if so much of the effort is just to mischaracterize what you're trying to do? It's not even mischaracterizing. They're literally going around and pulling the fire alarm in each hallway. Mm-hmm. That's crazy. Uh, because they're trying to distract what they are doing. But you, you you can't distract what you've been doing over the last, as I said, four years with Pelosi and what are we at, uh, over two years with, with Biden in office. You can't distract those policies when the, when literally – uh, we only have we only have half of one branch of government that's Repu- in the Republicans' hands, and that's in that's in the House representatives. We don't have all the Congress. We only have half of it, mm-hmm. and all of a sudden it's our fault. It's all about distractions. The 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 Democrats know that they can't run on their policies. If we do, if we start lining policies up, they can't they can't defend where they're at. 
So they have to go around, and they have when they're when they're going around, they're having to go around and distract people. Like for instance, Medicare uh, and Medicaid right now, mm-hmm. they're wanting to do a, a reduction. They haven't said this, mm-hmm. but they're wanting to do a reduction uh, in payments of it, yeah. uh, and uh, and they're trying to do that by having uh, by having the providers take a bigger. Um, uh, uh, they're trying to cut their their uh, reimbursement rates, mm-hmm. and when they cut their reimbursement rates, what they're going to do then is they're going to say, "Listen, we've dropped reimburse or we've we've dropped your medical pay uh, for services for prescriptions drugs this amount, and we're going we cut it by t- let's just use the round number ten. We cut it by ten percent. Mm-hmm. Well, we're going to cut your your your, your monies by five percent. You still get a five percent gain." And they're going to call it an increase, but they're actually cutting it. Uh, and we see this, and I, I will I will project they may go ahead and do this, even mm-hmm. though it's going to come back and bite Biden in the butt. Mm-hmm. But they're going to do that because Biden's probably not going to run again, and then Hakeem Jeffries is going to go out there and rail against it. He's going to be the presidential nominee for the Democrat Party. Wow, that's nuts. But it makes sense, you know, and well, they can – else- go ahead. Yeah, go ahead. No, I just I, I get it. Like I've watched so many of these different shell games play out. And, I, you know, for the average person, you know, the messaging usually takes precedence over the actual process. Like you speaking 100%. to the actual process, it is it's actually valuable. Um, this t- Today's one of those rare days where we accomplish something besides making fun of our horny wives. <laughs> I didn't use that term you did, but I, I <laughs> there it is. That my wife just thought I was a sexy man. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. So let me ask you this: Now that you're a senator, really quick, um, are you know because you're in shape and you used to fight and get in the ring and everything in between? Has being in the Senate uh, altered your lifestyle at all? Like, am I going to run into a sloppy, out of shape Mark Wayne Mullen when I come to DC? No, not 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 a chance. Uh, but I, it's funny because I still work out in the house gym. Oh, do you? That's uh, funny. Yeah. So every morning I still meet my group of guys that we work. We've been working out for years over there. That uh, we get going at six thirty in the morning and get after it. Good for uh, you. My goal is to try to make somebody puke every day. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> that hasn't changed. And of course, when they do that, by the way, they get uh, they get the nickname Chucky uh, for the rest of the week. <laughs> oh, that's hilarious! Because you're like a ringer. You know, these guys are you know some casual lifters. Well, there's all you know different degrees. But let me, between I I'm not familiar with either. Does one side have a better gym than the other? Or are they pretty much the same? Uh, no, it, it's it, the difference between the um, between the house gym, which by the way you have to pay memberships for this. So there, it's yeah. not it's not accessible to everybody. You yeah, get a yeah, membership. Of is actually a lot more than you would pay in the private sector because mm-hmm. uh, they're they're you know you can go yeah. to Planet Fitness and pay ten dollars a month and the membership's much more than that. Okay, but so the house gym is more like a um, uh, a YMCA, mm-hmm. small very small version, mm-hmm. and the Senate gym is like a nineteen uh, nineties um, country club. Oh wow, okay, makes sense. That is, it needs to be updated, but has no free weights. Because yeah. it has all the new cool cable weights. Yeah, you're doing a lot of rubber band exercises and stuff. Yeah. A lot of pins, yeah. a lot of pins and pulleys. Is that what you're telling me? Yes, yes. and and you know the fancy treadmills and and stairmaster and stuff like that. That's funny. Well, the Fox News gym is like it's state of the art, brand new, like incredibly nice. My problem with it is it's filled with TV people. They look like TV people. You know, I look like I install TVs. So I'm in there 
you know, they're all just doing hours and hours of cardio. I'm like, what is your goal to evaporate? You weigh 105 pounds. Get off the treadmill. You know, I'm in there. You'd be proud of me. I'm banging weights. I'm doing pull-ups and stuff there like that. Yeah, but I don't I don't look like I work here. I, I look like I'm well, on the here, outside. Here, Jimmy, here's the thing. Who looks better, the yeah. sprinter or the marathon runner? Yeah, no, you make a good point here. It's always the sprinter. Or, or the marathon runner and the the crossfitter or the marathon runner and just the regular yeah. weightlifter yeah I, I i just and so i don't do long cardio my workout is my cardio yep no that's something everyone listening should should be encouraged by this that you're right that if you're doing an hour of cardio you're just burning muscle mass at some point right yeah see absolutely you're you're, you're burning mass but you're not building anything on top of it yeah so there you and go typically you're only focusing on one or two parts of your body mullen this might uh, be your best radio hit ever you just gave my entire audience permission to quit cardio do you know how much this means <laughs> now i do circuit training and so my when i say my workouts and my my cardio yeah, I, my workout, I do three sets with everything and i only have, allow myself a five second pause between each workout oh no that's gangster uh, so yeah, no. yeah. So I'm going hard, but it, it's not. And I'll run, and so my I run I run a half mile every day. Okay. And when I run, I get after it. So I want to get that half mile done as fast as I can. Some days I can do it in in, in three minutes or, or two uh-huh. and a half minutes. Sometimes I, I, it takes me four minutes to do it. Okay. It just depends on it. Just depends on how I'm feeling that day. That's pretty rad. You see, in New York, how rough my night was. <laughs> well, the nice thing about living in a liberal city is we don't budget in cardio because we're all going to get chased at some point during the day because of the crime. So it's like, we don't really do, we don't do CrossFit, we do OS. (laughs) We do O-Spit. You do CrossFit, we do O-Spit. It's a different animal. But uh, I feel like we had something for everybody in this interview, so thank you for your wonderful contribution to the show. Yeah, well, listen, and I was serious. I'm circling back to Akeem. I'm serious about it. Watch I know. Him. I bet you anything they put him up for president. But that's why the, he gave the gavel to uh, to uh, to um, yeah. to well, Kevin. Yeah. Rather than Pelosi, the gavel wasn't his to give. Yeah, no, it that's was, a great point. And he spoke you know, they, as they if he Akeem. he spoke as yeah. if he won the gavel. Yeah. yeah. He he, and then he gave his then he gave his 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 speech of declaring his candidacy. Yep. Uh, I mean, he, he filibustered for 15 minutes. So, and at the same time, it, it, Pelosi was on the floor, yep. and so that was by design. There is, I don't think we can. I have, I have to go back in history, but I don't know the last time a non-speaker uh, handed the gavel to the next uh, to the to the next speaker. Wow. I, I don't know. Where, I don't know how, when that, when has that ever taken place? It's supposed to be ceremonial. They're trying, It's like. It's it's like the changing of power. They're wow. giving one one speaker is given to the next. Wow, Jeffrey's twenty twenty four. You heard it here first. Good gosh, yeah. what a mess. Well, this was epic. If you, I'm going to go quit my gym now, but thanks for everything, man. You're the best. <laughs> yeah, absolutely, Jimmy. Thanks for having me on, man. My man, be well. There he goes, the great Oklahoma Senator Mark Wayne Mullen, who he flat out during the interview. If you want to talk about audience energy, when he announced you only have to do two minutes of cardio a day. <laughs> Fox Cross America audience was all about it. Are you kidding me? I was on board with that. Uh, but he's right, by the way. Those people that run forever and ever and ever, he makes a good point. The The sprinter always looks better than the marathon guy. I see the marathon guys. I want to, like, give put money in their coffee. They look like they're starving people. I'm like, oh, my gosh, you'll find a place to live. Hang in there, pal. Uh, so I'm officially now on the Mark Wayne Mullen diet. That's, that's everything you need to know. This is absolutely gross. Well, it's only going to get grosser. 
You're listening to the show that Standard & Poor describes as Standard & Poor. I would say he's incompetent, but I don't want to do that because that's not nice. This is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. It is Fox Across America with your main man, Jimmy Fallon, coming up in the next hour of this show. Kevin Walling, Democratic strategist. You ought to be ashamed of yourself. Stop it. Walling is a good guy. We talk across the aisle on this show. We're also going to hear from Lincoln Fallon, who will preview the NFL's championship weekend. We got two games this weekend. Bill Hemmer's Bengals heading into Kansas City playing them for a, a rematch of last year's AFC Championship game. And then, of course, Philadelphia Eagles at home playing host to Brock Purdy and the San Francisco 49ers. This, for me personally, has been uh, its really been an awesome month. I took off. I was not on the road this whole entire month, so I could actually watch football with my family, with the link man, and just hang out. And uh, I have had a glorious time. Uh, but the party ends next week. I'm heading out to Reno, Nevada uh, via plane so I can drive down the road to Carson, Nevada, and slang some jokes at the Carson Comedy Club next Saturday night, March the 4th. If you're listening on KSUE up in Susanville, California, Northeast Cali, if you're listening on the number one rated KKFT down in Reno, uh, certainly come by and hang out with your radio pal. We have added a 10 p.m. show Saturday night. The first two shows sold out. We have added a 10 p.m. Who Loves You, Pal? I sort of do. Uh, What I don't love in this moment is we're waiting for the release of this body cam footage down in Memphis. It has been a bad one. Uh, and, you know, we've seen the Benjamin Crumps of the world jumping in front of microphones. You know, some of the channels out there are already doing the cops are bad thing. We're not going to do that on the show. We're going to show a lot of restraint. And then the next hour, we're going to have, uh, you know, very political talk about, wow, this is crazy. So there is a New York Times reporter with a straight face that said that if Twitter lets, excuse me, If Facebook lets Donald Trump back onto the platform, they are giving him the keys to democracy and could end our country as we know it. That was absolutely dreadful. But that is the claim. And the reason we're going to talk about this is because everybody warning you about like extremist rhetoric fueling hate and violence and everything in between is guilty of spreading extremist rhetoric he knows what he's talking about when you portray one side as an existential threat to the country you're not the good guys when it comes to the rhetoric battle you know when you mischaracterize what other people say okay you're not helping to maintain calm the whole point of this talk show Okay, is to be in the perspective business, is to give everybody a reasonable place where they can disagree and understand that a lot of us want the same things. Okay, but the minute you start yelling and screaming that one side is literally Hitler, it becomes very hard for us to take you at your word when you tell us we need to lower the temperature here. Okay, because if you wanted to, you'd do it yourself. Democrats are so full of crap. Live from everywhere USA, it's Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. Is it ever? And we are lacing them up for a track meet in this hour. A lot of guests, a lot of news, a lot 
of radio excellence. Oh, come on. It's a tough, a lot of tough crowd in the control room. But the point is we're fired up. It's going to be a big hour of Fox Across America. Kevin Walling is going to be here. He is, of course, uh, a damn good friend of the show. He also did work on the Biden campaign in 2020. Such an idiot. Oh, lay off Walling. Uh, he's going to be here to talk about Biden's take on the economy yesterday. I got to be honest, it was just a bit outside. He tried the corner and missed. And speaking of sports, that was the great Bob Uecker who celebrated a birthday uh, this week. We will also be talking with Lincoln Fela, my child, my son, the 14-year-old Link man. We'll close out this hour by previewing the NFL's championship weekend. Uh, 888-788-9910. If you got any advice you want me to pass along to the link, man, you got any theories about this House uh, RNC chairperson battle being waged out in Dana Point, California right now. Uh, certainly uh, still monitoring the situation down in Memphis as police are expected to release body cam footage of an interaction that left one man dead and five cops criminally charged. And, of course, we've got plenty to say about the Paul Pelosi break-in, which has, of course, also been released. So whatever your take is, whatever your party is, you know, I say it all the time. You're all welcome. Just be cool. That's the bottom line. I don't care where you come from. I don't care what color you are. I don't care how smart you are. I don't care how dumb you are. Not even a little. Okay. Although I will be honest. If you work at the New York Times right now, (laughs) I am concerned about how dumb you are. Uh, that that was a misleading soundbite. I'd, I'd like to retract part of that statement because what's going on right now in our politics? Everybody's yelling at you about like rhetoric, about everything's out of control. Well, they attack Pelosi because the Republicans say bad things about Democrats. You know, and obviously when Democrats attack Republicans, we blame Democrats, everything between the actions of the fringe are their own. The guy who attacked Paul Pelosi wasn't told by someone who works at Fox to attack Paul Pelosi. The guy who shot up a Republican baseball game wasn't told by Democratic cable news hosts to attack Republicans. Yes, he heard rhetoric that portrayed Republicans in a negative light. Yes, Republicans have used rhetoric that portrays Democrats in a negative light. But if you want to make progress in society, you have to understand that the actions of the individual are their own. It's one of the reasons whenever one of these horrible shootings goes down, any attempted progress goes out the window. The minute you start yelling about the NRA and the law-abiding gun owners, they didn't do it. (laughs) How do you go in on the people who didn't commit the crime instead of throwing your focus behind the people who did? That's stupid. Use your common sense. Over and over and over again. But when it comes to the rhetoric, here's the problem. Okay, everybody, everybody is now engaged in what I call maximum strength Tylenol. Okay, I'll I'll explain what I mean by this. Jerry Seinfeld's pretty famous comic, had a pretty good run. You know, obviously he's no Jimmy Fallon. You are so dumb. You are really dumb, for real. All right, fine. So he's, he's did all right for himself. But Jerry Seinfeld had a bit about maximum strength Tylenol where he's like, how do they determine the maximum allowable dosage? Maximum strength Tylenol. How do they do that? He's like, uh, find out what will kill me and then back it off a little bit. You know, that's, you know, his portrayal of determining maximum strength Tylenol. When it comes to the news cycle now between social media, between the TV, between the radio, between everything you see on your phone, everything you read on the Internet, Okay, the news cycle is now so omnipotent, 
And everybody is in such a race for clicks. We are governed by a like button now. The like button is the root of all evil, especially when it comes to the rhetorical evil in our politics. You're not going to get likes for saying, ah, you know, this policy isn't that great. So what you say is, this policy is going to get us all killed. They hate us. What's wrong with them? It's a war on women. You know, and that gets a lot of likes. Maximum strength Tylenol. You know, in the Seinfeld bill, he says, find out what will kill me. Back it off a little bit. Okay? So you don't want to get yourself killed. When it comes to the race for clicks, nobody cares about backing it off a little bit. Find out what will kill me. Tweet that. It will get more likes. That's what's going on. Okay, so here is Mara Gay. And you might have objections to Donald Trump returning to Facebook. I don't. I don't care. You know, free speech exists for a reason. Let anybody say what, say what they want. Okay, and if the grounds for Trump being banned is because he challenged the legitimacy of the 2020 election, then you have to ban every single Democrat who ever issued a comment on 2020. Bingo. Think about this. Hakeem Jeffries is the Democratic Speaker of the House. He is on record on a dozen occasions saying 2016 was stolen. Karine Jean-Pierre. She is the White House press secretary. She is so bad at her job. Maybe so. But Karine Jean-Pierre has tweeted on a dozen occasions that the 2016 election was stolen and that the 2018 election was stolen in Georgia from Stacey Abrams. Stacey Abrams is full of Maybe so. But the point is nobody wants to hold themselves to the standard they're ascribing to the other party. You can't tell me Trump doesn't belong on Facebook because he questioned an election. Oh, why? Because people rioted? Not good. I don't condone the rioting. But do you know how much violence ensued as a result of the Democrats saying Trump wasn't legitimate? As the Democrats saying all cops are racist? I mean, believe me, we've seen the rhetoric go both ways. But when you start to say things like Mara Gay did, she was on MSNBC, talking about Trump's return (laughs) to Facebook. She says it could help take down our country. Sell crazy someplace else. We're all stocked up here. Here it is. Clip 18. You don't want to, uh, whether you're a company or an institution, you don't want to hand over the keys um, to democracy to have someone destroy that democracy. So do you want to be that institution that uh, really helps take down the country? I mean, did you hear that again? Let's play it one more time. This is the, the question was. You know, how do you feel about Facebook reinstating Donald Trump? Just one more time. Clip 18. You don't want to, uh, whether you're a company or an institution, you don't want to hand over the keys um, to democracy to have someone destroy that democracy. So do you want to be that institution that uh, really helps take down the country? (laughs) Oh, shut up, woman. You don't want to be the institution that helps take down the country. Wait, what? Nobody's trying to take down the country. And just so we're clear, this is the problem with, again, maximum strength Tylenol, is everybody thinking they have to say the strongest thing so it'll cut through the news cycle. Everybody is portraying the other side in the worst possible sense for the maximum effect on the news cycle, for the maximum effect on the like button. Okay, but you understand how stupid this is because people start to tweet 
at their own confirmation bias. And then people start to accept as fact that a lot of these lies are true. Okay, let me explain something about January 6th as a guy was on the air covering it. It was not an attempt by any stretch, not even kind of, not even sort of, not even a little bit, was it an attempt to overthrow our government. When you're right, you're right, and you're right. Not even sort of an attempt. They were not trying to overthrow the government. They were unarmed. Okay, what they were doing was bad. I condemned it on the air in real time. But when they tell you it is a deadly white supremacist insurgency, that's them communicating in the maximum strength Tylenol for the maximum political effect, for the most concise labeling to make their case that you should hate Republicans and hold them responsible for what a small group of people did. Now, again, January 6th, bad. But if you're going to condemn political violence, you should condemn it in all directions. And that's where I have a hard time buying into the Democratic interest in January 6th is they didn't care when cities burnt. Okay, they didn't care when Washington, D.C. was on fire in the summer of 2020. In the aftermath of all the George Floyd stuff, when churches were getting lit on fire and statues were getting torn down and they were telling us this was fine. This is peaceful. This is democracy in action. Okay, the only person who died at the Capitol, one is certainly too many, was an unarmed Trump supporter by the name of Ashley Babbitt who was shot in the throat and killed by a Capitol police officer. No calls for an investigation into that unarmed protester getting shot. Why? Because she was a Republican. When there's a double standard, there's no standard. That's the issue. But a lot of Democrats and a lot of people politically as a whole, I could tell you Republicans who are guilty of the same, are in such an insular bubble when it comes to politics that they ultimately start to believe their own BS. There are Democrats who actually think Donald Trump would bring down the country, which is kind of funny when you consider that the Democrat in power right now is kind of bringing down the country. Biden is such a disaster. I mean, you think about inflation, you think about the border, you think about crime, you think about the domestic energy situation, you think about foreign policy on the other side of the world. Like Biden is consequentially like one of the worst presidents we've ever had. But in the Democratic side of the aisle, there's a lot of people trying to tell you he is successful because while everything I mentioned is a disaster, they also point to things they claim to be victories. They claim, you know, oh, look at all the investments in climate change. That was good for America. It wasn't. Okay, it's decimating our energy sector. It's causing fuel crises. We're decimating our strategic petroleum reserves to accommodate this outsourcing of domestic energy production. So it's not good for the country, but they prioritize, you know, a a democratic agenda, a pro-climate change agenda. So in their eyes, it's a win. Okay, you're never going to agree with that. But there are Democrats who walk around 24 hours a day thinking they're winning, just the same as there are Republicans walking around 24 hours a day thinking they're winning. Okay, but the reality is when there's no acknowledgement of, like, shared truths, we are all losing. That's why I have a guy like Kevin Walling on. I love Kevin Walling. He's funny. We laugh at each other. We make fun of each other. Um, He's a gay Democrat. Okay, he worked on the Biden campaign. By definition, the way we do politics, I shouldn't have him on at all. How do? What do you mean? How do you give him a platform? You give him a platform because you want to know what the other side is thinking. Okay, and to be honest with you, you give him the platform, you hear what the other side is thinking because you're confident in your own ideas. That's the thing. You should never, you know, scare from the idea battle. 
One, if you want to make progress, but two, if you're a principled person who believes in your ideas, then they're worth fighting for. And this constant mischaracterization of, oh, Trump is going to take down democracy. What are you talking about? Okay, but that's the problem and that's the world we're living in right now is it's so much more important to characterize the other side in the most extreme way. Think of Florida. Ron DeSantis bans an African studies course. Do you want to know why it was called an African studies course? So the Democrats could accuse him of banning African studies and not a trans intersectionality sexual sexual agenda, okay, that they knew could never get passed on its own. Correct the mundo. The course Ron DeSantis banned, he spoke about at great length. He's like, they're calling it African studies, okay, but it's about queer theory and sexual intersectionality. Okay, here he is talking about it, clip 38. This course on black history, what are one of, what's one of the lessons about? Queer theory. Now, who would say that an important part of black history is queer theory? That is somebody pushing an agenda on our kids. When you look to see they have stuff about intersectionality, abolishing prisons, that's a political agenda. And so we're on, that's the wrong side of the line for Florida standards. We believe in teaching kids uh, facts and how to think, but we don't believe they should have an agenda imposed on them. Good for him. And he's right. Do you understand? He is 100% right. But here's the characterization from the left. Here is Joy Reid reacting to this ban. Joy Reid is a race-baiting loser. Uh, Absolutely. But here's her characterization of what DeSantis is doing. She's basically saying he wants a pro-slavery curriculum. It's clip 40. America's practice of forced assimilation continues today, like in Florida, where Ron DeSantis is barring education about race, gender, sexual orientation, or any part of history that might make white Christians feel bad. His education department has even rejected an advanced placement course covering African-American studies, saying the class indoctrinates students to a political agenda. It's a pot, really calling the kettle black situation, because it's actually educational erasure that indoctrinates children. Children of color, who are the majority now, are taught nothing about themselves. Instead, they're force-fed lessons that only serve to lionize white, heterosexual Christian men. Don't you have any respect for yourself? Absolutely not. Okay, there's not a school district in America that's banning the teaching of slavery or civil rights or anything in between. What they're banning is the teaching of courses that denigrate the progress we've made by trying to convince you that people are still oppressed today. Okay, but the Joy Reads of the world, the Marsha Gays of the world will continue to make these, you know, you know, brazenly false statements because they benefit from the division. They benefit from the extreme rhetoric they claim to be denouncing while spouting it themselves. And that is not progress, folks. That is just straight-up clown stuff. The critics have spoken. You snotty little bastard. This is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. It is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon, Kevin Walling coming up. But right now we head down to Tyler, Texas. Jerry is on the line in East Texas. Yo, Jerry. Hey, Jimmy. Nice to talk to you, man. My man. Uh, hey. You, yeah, what do you got? I heard something about fashion. Uh, yeah, you, everybody's fessing with you about your boots. Uh-huh. 
Go to Alvies.com. Mm-hmm. Alvies. Alvies.com. It's a boots company down in Austin. Uh-huh. Order you a pair of BFGs, man. BFGs. That's, yeah, they're Billy F. Gibbons. Ooh. Oh, Who's like ZZ like Top ZZ style. Top? Yes. Damn. And they're a limited quantity. Whoa. This is big talk, Jerry. I'm a, I'm a, like I'm going to take you up on this. I'm going to go check it out after the show. Are you, yeah. Now, now, is this your way of telling me never to wear the white boots again? Kinda. <laughs> Jerry, <laughs> how dare you, Jerry? Uh, is Tyler fired up for their uh, native son, Patrick Mahomes, in the AFC Championship game this weekend? Oh, hell, you know it is. Yes, because my son's coming up. He's going to pick the games. I don't know who he took, but are you telling me I should be betting the Chiefs no matter what Lincoln tells me? Uh, I heard the Chiefs weren't favored, though. Nope, it's the Bengals now. The line moved a little uh, bit, I guess, because they think uh, he's a little banged up. But you're telling me the the, the brisket money's on is on Mahomes. I would think so. Yeah, it's going to be interesting. Well, listen, here's the deal. If I wind up getting these boots, I'll give you a shout-out on the air, and I'll let you know. Because I had a good uh, Texas radio host, Rowdy Yates, send me a pair of boots, and I told him I'm going to wear them on Gutfeld next week. So. Yeah. Al, tell Albie he's second in line, uh, but he may have a shot at the air at some time in the next week and a half, okay? Sure will, dude. Good stuff, brother. Happy Friday. I'll see you when I'm back down there. There goes the great Jerry, who is in Tyler, Texas, home of Patrick Mahomes. Tyler, Texas, of course, also synonymous with ZZ Top. And the boots he's mentioning, the Billy F. Gibbons, they sound very intriguing. We're going to go check them out during the commercial break, and we're going to come back with Kevin Walling. A democratic strategist, but we enjoy Walling. And you know what? We enjoy Jerry from Tyler, Texas, although I got to be honest, uh, he did take a cheap shot at my boots that really didn't sit well with it. You know what I'm saying? I love Tyler. I love him. I love the wreck, but yeah, I'd li- get him out of here. Get him out. Exactly. It is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. Lincoln Fallon will be closing this thing as advertised, but right now we dip into the radio goodie bag. I mean, he took about a fan favorite not only on the channel, but on the radio show as well. A superstar Democratic strategist. He's got a great attitude, and he probably has some classified documents with him, too. Kevin Walling is here. Hey, man. You better not search my garage. That's all I'm going to say <laughs> right at the outset. Get, get <laughs> your filthy hands out of my garage. And to be clear, though, you don't have the Stingray. You have the Barbie Dream Corvette. <laughs> <laughs> I wish. God, oh, brings goodness. me back to my, my adolescent years. Does it, wish list. does it ever, Kevin Walling? Uh, what a wild week of news. Um, everywhere you turn, it's just a food fight right now. So I always appreciate your willingness to come on and be a part of this because I think, you know, one of the biggest challenges, like facing the country, I was talking about this earlier. No one feels like they can communicate in modest terms, meaning you're not going to get likes if you say, I kind of oppose a bill. Here's why you have to say everyone's going to die. And that's kind of the takeaway. So, you know, for better or for worse, you and I are one of the few voices of reason left. So let's begin our quest to save the world here, shall we? I've always said that about you and I, so I'm, I'm ready. <laughs> oh, Walling. I heard a funny one. I'll take you through both parties because two things have gone on. First of all, gladly, uh, a lot of Republicans have dialed back the rhetoric around Paul Pelosi today, uh, certainly myself included, because it's just a hideous, horrible video. And there's nothing to be said from here other than you hope the guy gets better. You know, but I do think 
you're still going to see a, a, a concerted effort to pin this on Republicans. And I'd like to think we could send more of our ire in the direction of the attacker. What say you? A hundred percent. I mean, that's that's what gets so muddied uh, these days in, in our discourse, that anything that is done, you know, in the name of a right wing wacko or a left wing wacko is then laid at the feet of uh, people on both sides. This was a demented guy who had been seemingly stalking the Pelosi's, was looking for Speaker Pelosi um, to do some real damage. Not all there. And this is a sole actor involved. And the condemnation needs to stop there. Certainly, we can turn down our rhetoric on both sides of the aisle, you know, attack uh, personalities far less uh, and their characters and stick to the issues. But this is uh, one deranged guy that we saw. Uh, and that video I watch is, is horrifying. Yeah, it's a tough one. I don't like watching that stuff. And, I, you know, I get that it you know, had to be shown. I think he's like 82 or 83. And to see his head smashed in by a hammer, uh-huh. seeing the video of the guy with uh, the hammer beforehand taking it out of a bag. It's, it's a lot. Awful. It's a, it's a lot, man. It's a lot. It's weird. I, I wish, and I don't really have an explanation as to why, but I wish these videos would come out sooner because one of the reasons there is so much speculation, you know, is the fact that, It's not out. And, you know, these theories form. I mean, and what NBC did, I mean, the NBC reporter who was suspended correctly described the beginning of that video, which, you know, again, once you watch it and you know everything, like you see the guy broke into the house, you know, the beginning of the video is as described. There's a few seconds there where the door swings open. There's Paul Pelosi holding a cup in his hand with no pants on, probably because he was sleeping, standing next to a guy in a pair of shoes, and they're both holding on to a hammer. That is accurate, but what happens from there in a matter of seconds is pretty freaking gruesome, man. Awful. And, and the only Awful. reason, like, and I bring that up because the other point I'm trying to make is we're going to get a horrible police video tonight. And uh, from what we've been told by the sheriffs, it's really bad for the cops who have been criminally charged. But I think uh, another thing we're learning is this police work is really grim. And it doesn't mean there's any justification for what we're about to see in this Memphis video. But it does mean there's a lot of intangibles, there's a lot of adrenaline in play. And, you know, I wish there was more of an effort, you know, against, you know, exploiting this stuff politically or in the name of violence or anything in between. And just more in the name of figuring out how we can improve these interactions, because it's not as simple as just saying everyone's a racist or cutting a police budget. But it's also not as simple as, you know, just giving every cop the benefit of the doubt, because we know there's bad cops out there. But my question to you is, is nuance even possible anymore in an age of, you know, weapons grade everything? I, I, it's really tough, right? So, you know, and, and you know, we, you brought the classified documents at the outset. There's a lot of nuance involved with that. There's a lot of gradation and gray area, and not every situation is the same, at, but every situation is met with condemnation from one side or the other within 20 seconds of a tweet going out. Um, and, you know, that's why I love joining you on this program is, you know, we can have a little bit of an extended conversation because nuance is critically important when it comes to these issues. Not every uh, cop is out there uh, doing this kind of activity, but so many people just paint them with a broad brush. I'm watching uh, you know, clips from the Murdoch travel, trial down in South Carolina. It's horrible what they, these police officers came upon on and, yeah. and that that will stay with them for the rest of their lives. And these police officers in their day-to-day activities protecting us encounter the worst of humanity, gruesome scenes, uh, let alone if they're being shot at. And – you know, my, my heart goes out to every police officer out there in this country doing the Lord's work to protect us. Yeah. And 
doing it in a world where you're getting these attacks on people's characters from folks that don't even know who the, these people are. Yeah, it's it's it really is psychotic, man. It's crazy, um, you know. But I, I appreciate your take on that. We're talking to Kevin Walling, Democratic strategist. He knows things. Okay, in addition to the police and classified documents and Paul Pelosi, I have a minute and thirty seconds right now, and you need to weigh in on some breaking political news that happened on my show a few minutes ago. So Oklahoma Senator Mark Wayne Mullen claims, yep, brand spanking new. They haven't even gotten him out of the bubble tape yet. He's still in his (laughs) office. People are popping it for fun. Uh, He claims that there is a movement within the Democratic Party to actually make Hakeem Jeffries the 2024 nominee. What say you in one minute, Kevin Walling? Uh, Joe Biden is going to be the nominee. He's given every indication he's running for re-election. I love Hakeem Jeffries. He has burst onto the scene now in this new role in a really effective uh, way. He's an incredible communicator. He's the future of the party. Uh, but I'm on board with Biden 2024, my man. Okay, I'm gonna get. I'm gonna go call um, Mullen. Tell him to pop some more bubble tape, then. Because <laughs> you, you gotta get these guys. You know, they start off their Senate career. They're in the basement yeah. for months on end before they get their offices, and he's got to get out of that basement. Are you? Oh, wow, a Democrat, a Biden supporter, telling someone to get out of the basement. <laughs> this is rich, Walling. This is why we Breaking love Breaking news. How about it? Wow. Holy hell. Well, Walling, you're the greatest. Uh, let's do this at a greater length next time okay brother yeah i won't be super offended that you're bumping me for lincoln no no uh, he, he, it's a whole right. to do he's a good kid he has more power on the show than i do i'm getting bumped for lincoln essentially but have a great weekend buddy there he goes the great kevin walling lincoln Fela. when we come back you're hanging out with jimmy Fela on fox across america coming to you live from the best country in the world with your radio pal jimmy Fela. <laughs> fox across america back in action it is friday and Lincoln Fallon, George from Queens in studio to try to build on last week's gambling record. I believe it was two and two, pal. Yeah. So you didn't win. You didn't lose. You should have been three and one. I was gambling with my heart with the Giants. You were. And man, oh boy, oh man, now you'd have to sell like a kidney if you would really bet money yeah. with your heart. Because that was like gambling's even a... not your friend, son. Yo, I tell Lincoln this every day. What do I tell you? Don't do drugs. Gambling's not your friend. Son. Every gambling is not your friend. I say that They're as a... in it for you to lose. I say that as a man who will be working in a casino next weekend <laughs> out in Carson, Nevada. But gambling not your friend, Lincoln Fela. Um, but here's the deal: the Link Man. If you joined us last week, it's a, it's a recession. Things are a little crazy out there. He gave you four picks. Uh, he gave you the Kansas City Chiefs. They should have won. It they was a half win. a point that beat him. It was a field yeah. goal. So you went two and two. The Giants got killed. Okay, you had uh, the 49ers over the Cowboys win. Mm-hmm. And you had, to your credit, the Bengals over the Bills. Yeah. Which was very popular. Now, I'm in a predicament this week, just so you know. Before you start giving out your picks, I want you to think about your dad's work relationships. Okay. One of my dear friends in showbiz is the great Dean wow. DeLulo. He owns the Carson Nugget. That's where I'm flying next week while you Just and mommy an have your little house party or whatever you do. Time. But then, Sean of course, Duffy you know my man Bill Hemmer. And for that reason, inside Fox News, despite her okay, disparaging Dean DeLulo comments, out in Reno, the game out ball in Carson, huge Chiefs fan. Hemmer is like walking around in Bengal leopard print underwear when he's not on the air. And sometimes on the air. We have to talk to him about it. So there are two games this weekend. You've got the Eagles, Jesse Waters' Eagles. And they're laying uh, two and a half points at home against Brock Purdy and the 49ers. The other game, of course, is the Bengals and the Chiefs. We start, Link Man, uh, with the Eagles because that's the first game this Sunday. It's going to be rowdy over here at the house, but what do we do with our money? So 
it could go either way. I would probably feel safer with the Eagles because the Cowboys, not the Cow, the 49ers didn't play that great last week. The Cowboys sucked, didn't they? Yeah. Who would be a better quarterback for the Cowboys, Dak Prescott or like me? Mm, that's a tough one. Really? You're giving me some respect this no, time. No, but did you see they were talking trash about him on Twitter? Yeah, isn't it weird that the Cowboys nuked their own? Because they signed him for a big deal. Yeah. So, I mean, where's the love out of that Cowboys Twitter account? And these are the kind of things, like, when a guy's, like, a free agent in a year or two. Like, this is the kind of, you know, grudge that burns his balls and he leaves town. But I don't know that anybody wants him after that game. He really did Well, he play. only had two interceptions. Yeah, but understand this, Lincoln. He led the league in interceptions, and he yeah, only but, played, like, 11 games. Yeah, I know. That's not great. <laughs> but I'm saying that wasn't, like, there's been worse performances this year. It wasn't the worst ever. Uh-huh. People are obviously over-exaggerating it because it's the Cowboys, and I like doing that too. Uh-huh. But it wasn't like a terrible, terrible game for okay. him. Okay, so you're saying he's wasn't not, great. He's not Zach Wilson on the Jets. No, okay. they're going to get Aaron Rodgers. Yeah, Lincoln has been telling anyone in our family that'll listen, including the dog and the cat, that uh, Aaron Rodgers is coming to the Jets. I don't know where you got this intel from. Dude, Joe Namath will unretire his number. Aaron Rodgers was in New York on Wednesday. Okay, and the Jet, uh, the Packers are willing to trade. Rodgers. Rodgers for two first-round picks, which the Jets will do, and they will trade him, if Rodgers wants to, to an AFC team. The only thing I'm against, okay, because he's great, he's certainly better than anything the Jets have, is imagine how many of those discount double-check commercials we're going to have to watch. Oh, yeah. If he's on the Jets, you know. Rodgers! I think that could get old. That could be tough. Lincoln Fale is in the house. So you like the Eagles? Yeah. Um, What do you think is a better bet? Okay, because you know a lot about Philly fans being pretty rowdy. Better, what's the better bet? Eagles minus two and a half. That's the line. So they got to win by three or better. Or the over five police horses getting punched by drunk Philly fans. Oh, I don't know. It depends on how many police horses are there that day. <laughs> it's all about ratios? Yeah. Do you know? Did you ever see the videos of when they won the Super Bowl and they were knocking over light poles and stuff? No. Oh, Lincoln. Madness. There, there were, uh, when the Yankees beat the Guardians this year, there were people climbing the streetlights and stuff and chanting, we want Houston. <laughs> and then uh, the Astro players after game four were in our clubhouse with brooms yeah. sleeping all over. Talking a lot of smack. But I can't piss off the Houstonians because we still have... Uh, uh, you know, a big trip to Damon's Barbecue coming up. Yeah, but the Astros are cheaters. Yeah, well, there's that. Don't piss off my man there. Brandon down there in Houston. He He'll, knows. He's going to teabag your hash browns. <laughs> Sorry. Lincoln Fail is in studio. We're previewing the NFL championship weekend. I, of course, have not been on the road. I have been off of stand-up the whole month of January so I could watch Lincoln, uh, football with Lincoln, eat some food, and, and have a good time. And would you say, just for the listeners, that we've been pretty well-behaved? Yeah. By the standards of us, like normally when I'm off of work, like mommy calls the cops on us by like halftime. Yeah. But we've been pretty good, right? Smashing pots outside. Let me in. (laughs) Johnny, I didn't mean it. And that's Lincoln talking. Jenny, I'm sorry, babe. And that's not me. That's Lincoln talking. I'm like, come on, Jenny, let him in. He didn't mean it. He got a little carried away. All right, second game. And this is the game where I'm in a predicament, okay? Because I got my man Dean DeLulo's Chiefs playing host and my man Bill Hammer's Bengals. Okay, you took the Bengals in Buffalo last week, and the Bills did look flat, like Bills no, Mafia. I think the Bengals just looked a lot better. 
But do like, you because th- their defense played good enough to stop one of the better te- offenses in the league? Yeah, no, they roughed him up. And you know, part of what I think is we talked about this off the air. The Demar Hamlin story is obviously a great story. It got because dried he, up. Yeah, because he lived. But I think it was there were so many weeks in a row of like yeah that I think they were just exhausted. Yeah, they looked flat. They didn't, didn't they? even bring him on the field. That's why I was saying the Bills would win if they brought him on the field. Yeah, he was up in a luxury box. Yeah. Did you it see those the same. maniacs on Twitter that were saying it's a body double? Yeah. What's wrong with people, know. Lincoln? People just do it for likes and attention. <laughs> That's the only thing I can... Like the sp- amount of people who take pictures of their food for likes, people do anything for social media. Like. Oh, yeah, the things people are doing right now. I was talking to one of my friends today. He goes, yo, look at this post. It got like 230 likes. doesn't matter. That's what I yeah. said to him. I go, it's stupid. No one cares about Instagram likes. No, it's these are people killing time on a toilet. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> just people sitting around looking for something to do. And they wind up, you know, trolling up a couple of likes by, here's my food, or here's a picture of some girl. Here's my dog. As they're killing time on the toilet. Lincoln Fela in studio. That's a disgusting drop. Oh, yeah, I don't know who played that. Come on, Josh and Mikey, behave in there. Uh, Second game. You got the Bengals now favored over Patrick Mahomes and the Kansas City Chiefs. They're laying one at Arrowhead. What's the move? So, I mean, you kind of got to... You just got to hope the Bengals win this one because if they're favored by one, mm-hmm. it's a really kind of... Yeah, the spread doesn't matter. You yeah. can't lose if they win, but do yeah. you think they'll win? Yes, because the Bengals have been really hot right now. Patrick Mahomes got hurt. His leg yeah. isn't going to be 100%. He'll play. But uh, the Bengals just looked really good, and Joe Burrow's undefeated against Patrick Mahomes. He's got a lot of swag, man. Even in uh, Arrowhead twice, the players were calling it Burrowhead. Is that true? Yeah, Bengals players. <laughs> I love that. Joe Burrow's nuts, man. He smokes cigars, wears a lot of gold chains. Yeah. He's like a Broadway Joe because, he, you know, when, huh? when Joe Namath played for the Jets, that was his thing. He wore fur coats, a lot of jewelry. He was hanging out at Studio 54. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So Joe Burrow has a little bit of that in him, and you think that swag is enough to go into Kansas City and beat Patrick Mahomes? I think they just don't care right now. I think they're just kind of like, yeah, we can beat you. Dude, half, so we'll do it. Half of our listeners on KRMS and the Lake of the Ozarks just shot their radios, by the way. You can actually hear the ratings for this show dipping. Uh, no, I mean, Patrick Mahomes is still going to win the MVP, but I don't know if they're going to win that game. No, man. It's a tough one. I don't, honestly, I, I, I feel good about the Bengals, too, but that's what scares me. Like We felt the same way last week going into Buffalo. Um, but I actually think they're going to win the game. And then I think at that point, okay, we'll address this once the Super Bowl matchup is set. Because who says either of these teams are going to win? Yeah, who has any idea? I mean, that's the one thing about gambling, son. It's not your friend. They're in it for you to lose. (laughs) For the the one person that wins $10,000... There's 10,000 people that lose 100. Lincoln, there are a lot of experience I've, I've had in life that I want you to have. Like, I think it's exciting to do some of the stuff we do. That's why I have you on the radio, and I, you know, I'd want you on TV if I ever had a big old show and stuff like that. Uh, but certain experiences I've had, you don't need. You know what I'm saying? Like, you're tall, you're slender, but it doesn't mean you need to put on a dress and a blonde wig and go make back your gambling losses. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. It's just uh, do that stuff for fun, just the way you've been. Okay, but don't do it because of gambling. I'm telling you because I care. Oh, I found a way to grow an inch in five minutes. How? It's like stretches and stuff, but... Is I'm it... going to be super tall. <laughs> Lincoln likes to talk about how tall he is because he's like 6'5 now. And I always make fun of him because he'll just work it in like, I'm taller than my dad. But he talks about his height. Like everybody listening has met a little kid who's a little too into dinosaurs. 
I like a Stegosaurus. The Stegosaurus got a big long tail. And that's Lincoln. He'll just randomly start working his height into a conversation. Well, sometimes I'll be standing there and I'm like actually looking at the top of people's heads. Yeah, yeah. Well, there's that. I mean, that's what you're doing to me right now. You're taller than me. Whenever we're in person now, no, you are dwarfing me with your Stegosaurus height. But the point is, Link, man, uh, now's no time for this. The show's over. Happy Friday, man. Happy uh, NFC AFC Championship game weekend. How much are we going to eat? A lot. We're going in. What do you think the move is this weekend? I don't know. You got to make something that mac and cheese, though. Dude, my mac and cheese game for everybody listening is the reason the makeup team hates me here at Fox News. <laughs> Between, like, the salt, the cheese, the dairy, I show up on Mondays, and I look like I lost a lopsided 12-round decision to George Foreman. My face is swollen. My eyes are baggy. What does Grammy usually call me and say? Uh, she goes, you look puffy. I'll get calls from my mom. You look puffy on TV. What did you eat yesterday? And the answer is your you. food. <laughs> your food, Grammy. Happy Friday, everybody. The show's over. Pay up. Get out. Be a Republican. Be a Democrat. Just don't be a Jimmy Fallon. You're the worst. Cudlow on Fox Business is now on the go for podcast fans. Get key interviews with the biggest business newsmakers of the day. The Cudlow Podcast will be available on the go after the show every weekday at foxbusinesspodcasts.com or wherever you download your favorite podcasts. Listen to the show ad-free on Fox News Podcast Plus, on Apple Podcasts, Amazon Music with your Prime membership, or subscribe wherever you get your podcasts.